the Thoughts at Random podcast. It's been a while, I know. Um, I took Thanksgiving off because, well, it was a holiday and I kind of just didn't make feel like making anything and, um, well, also I've just been completely swamped at work. I have hardly found any time in my schedule to really come and do this because when I go to work, it takes a lot out of me. And I know it sounds crappy because I'm too, I, you know, I'm, I'm too young to really be this tired, but um, the pandemic has taken a lot out of me physically and mentally, and I think that's normal as I'm learning and reading about. And I'm sorry if my keep fluctuating, I'm trying to keep my posture straight, but I keep wanting to lean in like this so you all can see my face better. But um, I am sitting on the floor because the lighting situation absolutely sucked. Okay, I was trying to film my podcast last week, and my light that I used for the last setup toppled over on accident, and suddenly it didn't work anymore, and it didn't matter what I did, I couldn't get it to work. And, um, I don't know if I'll ever be able to buy another one, I probably will, but I just haven't had the chance to go grab one. It really wasn't the best light anyway, um, but it worked. Um, so this is my setup for right now, since we are in the holiday season, and it is Christmas season. So here is my tree, and then I have, right here, you can't see him, but a little light-up Santa that I got at Walmart. Really cute. So he's gonna be my little buddy for this episode. And I won't lie, folks, I really don't... I've been struggling to think about topics to talk about. Um, it's just been really weird lately. So I guess what I could talk about, because a friend of mine suggested this to me, was to share my thoughts on the pandemic. And um, I don't want, before I go into it, I don't want to depress anybody. I don't want to make people feel uncomfortable or bring up any trauma that they might have endured during this entire pandemic. Um, you know, in my experience, it really didn't get to me up until like maybe July or August where I finally started saying, oh my god, I just want this to be over. Like, will it, will we, I, I was even saying, we're not gonna see the end of the year without this pandemic, and I was totally right, and I was, I was really hopeful. I was really hopeful that a vaccine would come out, or that something would happen where our cases would go down enough to where we were like, okay, a few of the restrictions can be lifted now, and, um, we can go back to somewhat normal until things get better, and that just didn't happen. You know, things just got worse, and I just... I just can't believe how it's only gotten worse and not even remotely better. You know, I had hope that it would get better, but it didn't. And I'm sorry, I, I probably repeated myself, but, but seriously, I just, this, I still can't wrap my mind around what's happening. Like, part of me accepts it, but part of me is, like, totally terrified. Um, because COVID has hit my family. I've had an uncle on my mom's side catch it. Thank God he was asymptomatic though, so he didn't really go through the worst of it or anything. He just had to quarantine, which, you know, he didn't like because he was very bored, but, you know, at least he's okay. You know, I'm very thankful that at least he was asymptomatic and that nothing bad happened and that I don't think anybody but his wife caught it. I don't remember if she 
tested positive. Excuse me, I'm just getting my water real quick. But, um... been super thirsty lately too. I just, I just have a hard time accepting how some people don't want to accept what's happening. And, um, I, I really, I just, trying to find the words even right now, like, when, when I, when I think about what to talk about here, I usually have a pretty good summarization of what I want to say, but when I get to here, it just all goes kablooey in my mind, and then it turns into, like, word soup, and then I forget what I'm trying to say. But I think this year, in general, has been a crazy year, and I'm sorry if it has sucked for a lot of you. There's been lots of sucky parts of this year for me, but I gotta say, it's in, in a weird way, I actually really enjoyed this year. A lot of cool things came from it. You know, like, I discovered Corpse Husband. That's a good thing. Um, I... What else? There's there's other things I'm, like, thinking in my mind. I'm like, those are personal achievements, and I don't know if I necessarily want to speak about them publicly. But I've had some personal achievements. Um, I feel like... I've gotten just the tiniest bit wiser, and I'm only saying that because um, I think most people who know me would kind of laugh if I said I was wise. I know that I am far from wise. I don't claim to be a very wise person, and I won't until I have proven that I have shown wisdom to the point where people could tell me I was wise or describe me as wise but I don't describe myself as wise. I think everyone can gain wisdom through experience, and I think this year gained me a little bit of wisdom. Just, just a little bit. And I'm proud of that, that I learned a few things about life and about myself. So, I guess I'm just kind of glad the quarantine happened. I really... I honestly enjoyed being home. I was actually, you know, it drove me crazy at times, but I was way happier at home than out in public. And it's not that I have a fear of being in public. I, I do like being in public. I do enjoy going out and doing things. But I guess the hypochondriac in me really gets a little scared because, um, you know, I, I, I informed myself with a few documentaries on coronavirus during the beginning of the pandemic. And I know our research has sort of, you know, like, it's starting to come together a little more as time has passed. And I'm really just thankful for what I learned about it, but it also scared the crap out of me. And made me very weary of, like, going back to work and being in public and being around strangers and crossing paths with people that, you know, you don't know where they've been. That's really scary. I try not to think about it, but I won't lie, as of late, because... Um, the surge in my state is getting worse. I don't know necessarily about the entire country, but in my state, it's gotten significantly worse. Um, and it worries me because um, we're supposed to shut down. Like, I don't know. I'm not saying like my place of work is supposed to shut down. We're not as of 
yet. I'm kind of saying that with caution because I don't want to get anyone in trouble and I don't want to say the wrong thing. We're going to stay open, but I'm not really sure given what's going on because in, in, in politics in general in the U.S., we've treaded very, very lightly and shutting down and reopening has been very unpredictable because, in my state at least, we have gone from opening up certain places to closing them down to opening them back up for like a week and then closing them down again and this has just been the rigmarole that a lot of businesses have gone through in my state and it's getting ridiculous because now we're at a point where things are shutting down again and it's worse than it was since the beginning. Like, it's it's probably about as bad, if not worse, than what it was like at the beginning of the pandemic. And it's just so stupid to me how we can't just shut it all down. I kind of just want this whole country to just stop and take another break and just... You know, it, it's Christmas time. What better time to be at home with family? Okay, and if you don't like where you're at, maybe you're alone right now, maybe you're not with your family, maybe your family sucks ass, maybe your family are your roommates and they suck ass, and I'm sorry if that's the case. But, you know, I guess I just, you know, I, I hate that we can't travel, because believe me, there's, there's family members I want to see too. But, um, I just have to remind myself that this will be over one day and that I'll get to see them again soon, hopefully. I just, I'm hopeful of that. And I gotta say, this pandemic has got me messed up to where, like, I'll watch older TV shows or movies made well before this pandemic. And I've gotten so used to people wearing masks in public that, for one, when I go outside just for a walk, like, I'm not going in public or anything, I'll feel naked without my mask. I will take my mask with me, but I won't put it on because if I'm just walking on this little trail that we have by my neighborhood. We have a little trail that people usually walk or bike on and it's usually not, it's not crowded at all. Like hardly ever, you know, maybe like one person will cross your path the entire time. It's really not like a big crowded area. So I like to walk that trail every now and then just to kind of get some exercise and breathe some fresh air. And um, I don't usually take my mask. I mean, I mean I do, but I don't wear it is what I mean. And um, even then, I'm like, you know, because when I walk, I, I don't like to have the mask on because it makes my breathing, like, if I start to breathe hard, then I feel like I can't breathe very well, and I don't like the feeling of that with a mask on. So I'll just leave it off, and then if I come into contact with people, I'll put it on. So I just have it there just in case. But other than that, I don't really... You know, I'm usually always wearing my mask in public. If I'm around people, in general, I will wear my mask. But I... The other thing I was trying to say was that when I see movies or shows, even cartoons, that were made well before this pandemic, I get so effed up by all of it that I'm like, I see them not wearing masks and getting close to each other, and my first thought is, oh my god, they're not wearing masks. Where are their masks? They are out in public. They are way too close to each other. Where are their masks? And then I have to stop myself and go, this was way before the pandemic even started. 
and it really sends a chill down my spine that I actually keep thinking that, and I think that way too much. Like, at the beginning of the pandemic, I'd have that thought every now and then, and I'd just laugh it off and go, oh, silly me, you know, I just, you know, I was watching Tiger King, and I was like, where are their masks? Like, they're, they're way too close to each other. And then I just laughed, and I'm like, oh, duh, this was made before the pandemic. Like, this ain't, this ain't nothing. Uh, and I would just laugh it off every time. But now it's like, constantly, I'm looking at any TV show. Like, I'll watch Rick and Morty. Uh, well, I tried to watch Rick and Morty over the quarantine, and um, didn't work out for me. I didn't really get into it, so I'm sorry to disappoint all you Rick and Morty fans, but I'm just, I just didn't get into it. But even the cartoon got me like, why aren't they wearing masks? And then I'm like, first of all, this was before the pandemic. Second of all, they are a goddamn cartoon. They don't need to wear masks. The pandemic is not happening in an animation unless the person animating it chose to animate that. But clearly that's not the case either. So this pandemic obviously has gotten me a little bit and I've often wondered if we're ever gonna reach a point where we don't have to wear masks again um, sorry, I'm just kind of thinking about the disclaimer I made at the beginning where I said I didn't want to depress people and it just kind of hit me that what I'm saying could possibly depress you or scare you and that was not my intent. I, this is just like food for thought, I guess, because I'm sure we've all thought it. I'm sure at one point we've all thought, are we ever going to see a day in the near future where we get to take off our masks and go in public and be free and not have to feel unsafe around people? And, it, and the concept of us being around people so freely before this time just feels so foreign to me now. It's weird. I'm like, how are we not always wearing masks around each other? Like, diseases and bacteria spread all the time. It is disgusting. How did we all survive before this pandemic happened? And it's just so weird because clearly we did. I mean, we all could crowd up in, like, grocery stores. You know, Black Friday, we used to pile on top of each other to get stuff from the stores. Well, I didn't, but I would see it on the news that people would do that. And, you know, that people used to f not even think about it. They would feel safe, like, 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 not that they were gonna get a disease or anything. And it's just, how is that so foreign to me now? And I'm sure maybe some of you feel that way, and if you do, then you're not alone. So hopefully that helped you feel a little bit more normal. But I think about that a lot, and I've talked to co-workers about it, and they kind of feel the same way. You know, we all want to just be in a moment where we can just breathe and breathe around each other without having to wear our masks and just be able to get close, you know, and just not have to worry that, you know, a germ could get on us and infect us with some deadly disease. I say a germ because I, I couldn't think of the word virus for some reason, but same, same diff, I guess. Germs will get you sick. I know, I'm drinking a lot of water. I forget to drink water at work. And because I'm constantly talking to the people that come into my place of work, um, I get dehydrated and because I'm so focused on what I'm doing and I, I forget to drink water and on my breaks I don't bring a water bottle sometimes so I'll just go drink a cup of water but I, I won't feel comfortable enough to like keep filling the little cup and drinking water because then I'll have to pee really bad, and then I get way more uncomfortable, so part of me just wants to focus on, like, okay, I gotta get up and go do that, and then, you know, I don't want to stop all the time just to do something, like, go to the bathroom, and, you know, if I really need to, I'll go, obviously, but I just, I, I like to focus on what I'm doing when I'm there, 
and that's really all it is. You know, when it's lunchtime, I'll sit down and I'll eat and I'll have a drink of water and I'll drink as much as I can, but I mainly focus on eating so I have the energy I need to power my brain up and go back out and do what I need to do. Um, and that's really it. You know, I know it sounds like I make it so complicated and I'm, I'm sorry, I guess I do. I guess I really make things complicated on myself. But, you know, it's just how my brain works in order for me to do what I want or need to do. I just kind of think in a one-track mind and that's always how I've been. And that's probably how I'm always going to be. I don't really know how to stop myself from being so one-track minded. Um, but it, it's really difficult. I think I've gotten a little bit better at it. I've tried to work on multitasking and uh, I can kind of do it, just kind of, but even then it's a real mess, okay? Because I'm so one-track minded that, and I'm sorry, I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but I'm so one-track minded that if too many people are talking around me, I get very overwhelmed. I need to focus on one person at a time. So if three people are talking to me at once and telling me different things, I get really frustrated because I'm trying to tell tell them all, okay, one of you at a time, I can't hear what everybody is saying, and then I don't get what you're saying, and if you want me to understand you, I need to be able to hear you, and I need to be able to coherently figure out what the heck you're saying to me. And, you know, if that's too much to ask people, I do apologize, because I guess people have told me that's asking for too much. I, I don't understand that, but I guess I'm just going to have to deal with it. But um, some people said they relate. I don't know how they cope with it, but some people relate. I just try to deal with it as best I can. But at the end, I've really, like, like I messed up a couple times at work. I fixed the mistakes, though. But, I mean, there were times where I um, wrote something down the wrong way twice, even though the person corrected me uh, twice. And I still got it wrong because too many people were around me talking while I was trying to ask the questions I needed to ask. Also, I'm very big about my place of work because I've, I, it's about a privacy thing, you know? If, you know, if I get recognized, oh well, I'm not saying like I think I'm big-headed and that I think I'm famous and that people are gonna come up to me and be like, Hey, aren't you from Thoughts of Random? You know, I don't expect that. I mean, this is too early on in my podcast. But, you know, if anyone did notice me, I would be flattered. Um, I feel stupid saying that. Like, this is only my fourth episode, right? My fourth or fifth? Um, but I just, it's its for protecting my coworkers, and, you know, I, I don't know. I just kind of like the privacy of it. I would rather just keep it a private thing. Um, just And also for their sake, you know, I work for a very large company, and I f don't want this podcast to be a reflection of me as their employee, you know, I don't want it to hinder my chances of moving up with them, if that makes any sense. So that's kind of the main reason why. Um, anyway, um, away from that tangent, what I was originally talking about you know, um, I kind of want to get on a happier subject. I do apologize if, like, I'm depressing any of you guys. I don't want to scare you or depress you. I guess, if anything, you know, when I made this podcast, I decided I wanted this to be a place where people could come and enjoy themselves and kind of forget their problems for a moment. So, I think... I think maybe I could find something fun 
Okay, I'm going to segue into something. I know, I, I, I think I've said all I had to say about my thoughts on the pandemic. Okay, um, and I'm going to end it on a strong note with, with, with that little segment of the podcast. I'm going to end it with this. I, I totally get that we're all mentally, physically, and emotionally exhausted from it. Okay, it doesn't matter what you've been doing. You, whether you stayed at home, whether you've been working the entire time, whether you just went back to work again, whether you've been spending your time worrying about how you're going to feed your family or pay for things, you know, that takes a lot out of you. It's a lot of energy that you spend. So if you are tired all the time, please don't feel bad. Please don't feel like anything's wrong with you. It is totally normal. Everything you're feeling right now is normal. This is a very unusual time in our world's history and you have every right to feel abnormal right now and please don't be afraid to reach out for help if you really need somebody to help you or a therapist or someone to talk to reach out reach out to your friends reach out to your family if you can just reach out to someone you trust if you can go to try to find a medical professional online there's lots of resources now for pandemic crisis help um I'll probably link some in the description of this podcast, so be sure to look for those, and just do what you gotta do. Whatever you need to do to get yourself comforted through this time, do what you gotta do. Just make sure you don't hurt yourself. If it's a harmful thing, don't go overboard. If you drink to get through it, do not become an alcoholic. Please, 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 please take care of yourself in that regard. If you have to have one drink, then just one drink. No more, no less. You know, just... Be chill, and I'm not going to condone drinking at all, so I'm sorry I said that, but, you know, I, I know some people, I mean, shit, I remember at the beginning of this pandemic, I saw people buying crates, cartons, just all this liquor and alcohol, and they just would pile the back of their cars with it, and I was just like, geez, well, people are really getting ready for quarantine, and you know what, if that's really what you need to do, I can't stop you, obviously. I would just advise that you do it responsibly and I hope that you're not the one consuming all the liquor. Hopefully you have people in your household that are legally old enough and healthy enough to consume liquor without any consequences or you know what I'm saying? Like nothing bad will occur for your health. Um, and if you get hung over, you know, that's, that's totally different. Everybody gets hung over when they drink too much. So if that happens, you know, I hope it only happens every once in a while and that you don't just go crazy every single day or every other day or even once a week. That's still a little excessive. So I'm sorry, I went off rambling again. I just, I want my, my audience, anybody who watches this, anybody out there, I just want you guys to be safe because, uh, don't, you don't want to make yourself feel worse in this pandemic. Doing drugs or alcohol or reckless things is not going to help you find a better outlet. There is so much. Google stuff. Google anything. Just play a game. Do something fun. Just take your mind off whatever's bothering you. Just anything you can do at all to help yourself that's healthy for you, that's good for you, that's going to be productive or just fun. Do that. Whatever that is for you, do it. Don't fall to the wayside. You know, just do what you can, and I know you're doing your best. So, that is all I have to say. <clears throat> and we'll see the end of this one day. One day, things will be better. I don't know when. None of us know when. But when it comes, it's going to be so awesome. I promise.
Alright, anyway, that's all I have to say about that. So, now for our next segment. Um, lately I've been thinking about how much of an SNL fan I had been over the years, and, um, I'm not really big on SNL anymore. I, okay, Saturday Night Live. I shouldn't say SNL. I say SNL for short, but it's Saturday Night Live. I was a really big fan of Saturday Night Live in my teen years, and... Um, for years, I was just a trivia nerd for Saturday Night Live. I was probably one of the youngest people that I knew that was so into it, that just had all this knowledge. And I would say about five years ago was the last time I ever really watched SNL. And then I just kind of stopped. And it wasn't necessarily by choice, it just kind of happened. And, um... I haven't had cable in a long time, and I know you don't need cable to watch it technically, but I don't have an antenna either. I stream most of the time now, and um, I don't know. Now that I've been so long without Saturday Night Live, I just don't feel like watching it anymore. And what's even worse is that I forgot a lot of the trivia I used to know. And today I decided to look at some quizzes that... Um, that you can take if you Google them. And you can answer these questions if you think you are such a big SNL nerd. You can take these quizzes and find out how much you really know um, versus how much you don't know, <laughs> I guess. I, I really don't know how to explain that better. So, I, I found a couple. I already taken a couple, so I'm not going to take. I took the world's hardest SNL quiz, and apparently that BuzzFeed quiz is no longer there. I took it like five years ago, four, five or six years ago, and I think I barely passed. Or not even. I, I think I didn't even get, like, I got like 60% on it or something like that. Somewhere in the 60 percentile range I scored. And that was at like 16, 17, 18 years old that I had scored that percentile. Um, and it was a really hard quiz. So I decided, since now I don't remember as much, maybe if I do some more trivia quizzes, that it'll like jog my memory, and then maybe it'll be fun for you, because you guys can go look these quizzes up and take them yourselves, especially if you're big Saturday Night Live fans. Wouldn't it be fun to test your knowledge? I mean, there's a lot to Saturday Night Live. I mean, there's so many books about Saturday Night Live. I have books about it. And I've not even really read them all. I've read, like, pages here and there, like, chapters. I've just flipped through it just to see what people had to say about it. And I've learned little tidbits from parts that I've read, and then I've Googled lots over the years, and I don't even know how accurate some of the information I found is, but there's just, there's just so much to SNL. Like, I think I've barely scratched the surface. So, I mean, if you think you know it all, take these quizzes with me, and I'll show you just how much I know. For someone my age, I think I'm still one of the youngest people who knows as much as I do about SNL, or as much as I did, because, again, I forgot a lot of it. So, I found something on fun trivia. Play this hour's trivia about Saturday Night Live, mixed quiz game. So I'm going to take the quiz. Okay, it's topic mash time. This is a set of mixed questions from the Saturday Night Live category, generated Friday, December 11th. Note, if you black if you back out and return later, you will be assessed you will be assessed a reload penalty. Good luck. Okay. Okay, for a second it like the, the options hadn't popped up yet. So 
The first question, and I guess this is a 10 question quiz, SNL 25, so I'm guessing this is from the first, oh shit, it's timed. Uh, on what classic sketch would Dan Aykroyd always respond, Jane, you ignorance, that was point counter group. And to be fair, I don't know what that is, but of all the other options, I knew what the other options were, and it wasn't those. It was like, the other options were like the McLaughlin group, Two Wild and Crazy Guys, and the Coneheads, and none of those, I know for a fact, were where um, he said, Jane, you ignorant. And I'm sorry, I will bleep out the word. I didn't mean to say it, it was just part of the question. Um, okay, and it says, correct. No matter what brilliant commentary Jane Curtin would offer, Dan would always respond with that classic line. When does Mary Catherine Gallagher, Molly Shannon, put her fingers under her arms and just smell them like that? When she's nervous. Well, the options are when she's nervous, when she's hungry, when she's constipated, when she's experiencing a catharsis. It's when she's nervous. Correct. Which of the following actors was never a cast member? So far, these questions are pretty easy. Michael J. Fox. That was, that's the answer, Michael J. Fox. But the other ones were Robert Downey Jr., Eddie Murphy, and I didn't read the other one. Sorry, the timed, it's timed, so it makes me, like, nervous that I'm not going to read it all right away. Who was Gene, the anal retentive chef? That was Phil Hartman. Alright. Sorry, I guess it's not, there's no point in reading the answers. I, I mean, I didn't even have to look. I just kind of was like, that's Phil Hartman. Like, as soon as I saw anal retentive chef, I'm like, that's Phil Hartman. Okay. Michael McKeon played President Bill Clinton for one season. What other two cast members performed Clinton? Okay. That would be Phil Hartman. Will Ferrell never did Clinton. Okay, I'm gonna guess, I think it was Daryl Hammond. So Phil Hartman and Daryl Hammond. Yes. Oh shoot, I just dropped an ornament on my thing. Okay, no time. Uh, what H starred for the fewest seasons? The options are Daryl Hammond, Jan Hooks, Melanie Hutzel, and Phil Hartman. I would be Melanie Hutzel. She didn't last very long. She was, okay, oh, it fell off in the back. Damn it. Okay, I'll just have to get that later. So Melanie Hutzel, I really don't remember, um... I really don't remember her, and that's kind of sad, but it's like, she really did not last long. Like, it says right here, Hutzel appeared for three seasons from 1991 to 1994. The late Hartman appeared for eight seasons, Hooks for five. And Hammond was in his eighth season in 2002-2003. Really? Daryl? I used to know, like, all the years of Saturday Night Live, and then the cast member for, like, each different year... And, um, I've forgotten most of it. I mean, I will remember the 90s and 80s and early 2000s pretty well, but the rest I, I don't remember. Okay. This brilliant performer was on the show from 1986 to 1993. One of his memorable characters was the church lady, and that was... I don't even have to read the rest of the question. That was Dana Carvey. <clears throat> so. On October... On the October 3rd, 1981 episode of Saturday Night Live, Eddie Murphy played an aerobic exercise instructor in a sketch. What was the name of this sketch? Okay, this one I don't know. 
The options are The Little Richard Simmons Show, The Dancing Deborah Lee Show, The Calamity Jane Fonda Show, or The Jiggling Gillad Show. And I'm gonna guess The Little Richard Simmons Show. Oh, okay, I was right. I, I've, that's the one area of Saturday Night Live I've never really touched on, but I know a little bit about. Um, and that's why that was kind of difficult for me, because, but, but I just, I was just able to guess. So, I'm not bragging about that, I just, that was a lucky guess. Alright, um, what was the telephone number for the Coffee Talk sketches? Oh, okay, this, uh, now I remember Mike Myers with his accent, um, it was 555-4444, five, 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 four, 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 four. Because I remember him going 4444. Four, four, four. That's the only reason I ever remembered it. Because I'm thinking, like, oh my god, I know he said it, but I can't remember. Until I remembered 4444 four, four, four because of the accent. So that <laughs> that was what that was what he would say. Linda Richmond. Oh my god, I forgot his character's name was Linda Richmond. I totally forgot about Coffee Talk. This is bringing back memories now. See, I don't think about this very much because I don't watch it anymore, but now all the memories are flooding back with. Linda Richmond, give a call, we'll talk, no big whoop. And Barbara Streisand, her legs were like butter. Alright, Steve Martin helped induct both Tom Hanks and Justin Timberlake into one of the most exclusive clubs in the world. What is the name of this club? It is the Five Timers Club. The Five Timers Club is a club for celebrities who've hosted Saturday Night Live at least five times. Steve Martin joined the Five Timers Club. On April 22nd, 1978, I did not know that, but I knew he was the first. Steve Martin helped induct Tom Hanks into the Five Timers Club on December 8th, 1990. Oh, so it's been 30 years as of two days ago. So congrats. Wait, is today the 11th or the 10th? Okay, as of today, it is the 10th. The day this is being filmed, this is the 10th. So two days ago, 30 years ago, Tom Hanks was inducted. That is awesome. I did not. I, I didn't know the dates. I just knew. I just know who's been in the Five Timers Club. And then Justin Timberlake made it in March second, twenty thirteen. That I kind of remember. I think I watched that episode. Wow! I got the entire quiz right. I didn't realize that was all. Uh, I didn't. Sorry, I'm leaning too much to the side. Um. You scored 10 questions correct on your first try. Okay. Well, that was fun. I liked that. That was a moderate quiz. It wasn't too hard, but it wasn't too easy either. Well, I guess it was. I mean, some of you are probably like, oh my god, that's kid stuff. I can play this quiz in my sleep. Like, you need to step your game up. So, early Saturday Night Live, 15 questions. By the way, if you want to know where these quizzes are, and I hope they're not copyrighted or anything, so I want to give credit to the people, the proper people that wrote these quizzes or are responsible for these quizzes, this quiz is from a website called funtrivia.com. And all I did was Google Saturday Night Live quizzes or something like that, and it popped up. Or you can just go to funtrivia.com, type in the search bar Saturday Night Live, and see what comes up. And I just, I've pulled up a list of quizzes. So I'm going to do this early Saturday Night Live quiz. Uh, take a quiz. Single page. Take your time. Play as a timed quiz. The faster you answer, the more points you get. I'm going to do it with the take your time because early Saturday Night Live is one that I'm like kind of mixed knowledge on. Alright. On what date did Saturday Night Live first air? That was... Okay, the options are September 27th, 1975, 
October 11th, 1975, October 4th, 1975, or October 18th, 1975? And the correct answer is October 11th, 1975. So, um, who, who hosted the first show Saturday Night Live? George Carlin. And I, I read the options so you guys don't think I'm like, well, I don't want you guys to think that I'm like cheating or anything, but I, I know the answers. I don't really like, sometimes I do and sometimes I don't, like you've seen me, but... The options were George Carlin, Buck Henry, Paul Simon, and Elliot Gould. Um, I don't remember who Buck Henry was. I don't even remember that name coming up in the first season, but it's been like a long time since I watched the first season. But Paul Simon and Elliot Gould were definitely in the first season quite a lot. Um, Jim Henson's Muppets appeared on the first episode of Saturday Night Live. I believe that's true, and it wasn't what you think. The Muppets were like these weird, they're not like the kid-friendly Muppets. I mean, this was Saturday Night Live. This was like more adulterated programming. This was more like for the older folk of that time. Um, I think the one I remember the most, I can't remember if this was considered a Jim Henson puppet, but the one figure I remember the most was the Mighty Fafog. That weird head thing that looked like Olmec from Legends of the Hidden Temple. If you ever watch Legends of the Hidden Temple, you remember Olmec. Basically like a Muppet version of that, but he made a lot of snide comments. And I don't necessarily know how smart he was compared to Olmec. Because Olmec was full of trivia, while the Mighty Fafog would answer questions for you. But um, I think they were smart smart remarks and weren't always answers that you liked but people went to him for wisdom and that was the funny part was that I think his answers were kind of like smart alecky okay so my camera battery was dying on me so I had to go plug in the charger so we will continue the next question was who was the first female host of the show now this one's tricky for me because off the top of my head, I don't know. So I looked at the um, the options. The options are Candace Bergen, Jill Clayburgh, Lily Tomlin, and Raquel Welch. Raquel Welch and Jill Clayburgh did not host the show in the first season. If they did, it wasn't until much later. I don't remember Raquel Welch showing up in the first season. I don't recognize the name Jill Clayburgh. And I do remember Candace Bergen and Lily Tomlin being there. Um, and... I'm pretty sure it was Lily Tomlin. I remember her name popping up first. If I'm wrong, I apologize, but that is what my memory serves. Okay. Sorry if I'm breathing too hard. I'm, I'm a little nervous. That and I was like sprinting to get my camera charger, so that is also why I am like out of breath. Who was the first host of the Weekend Update segment of the show? That was Chevy Chase. The options were Bill Murray, Jane Curtin, Chevy Chase or Dan Aykroyd, it was Chevy Chase. Dan Aykroyd played the promoter of a product called Super Basilmatic 76. What was this product? Oh my god, I faintly remember this and I gotta be completely honest. Off the top of my head, I don't remember. I remember hearing about it. I don't remember what the hell it did though. I remember a blender and that was it. I remember a blender. 
Um, so the options are a taxidermy, a taxidermy machine that would preserve stuff and mount fish. That's not it. A device to attach a boat to catch... Wait, a vi... Uh, wait, blah, blah, blah. A device to attach to a boat to catch fish. No. A blender that would puree whole fish into a drink. I think that was it. Because I remember a blender. And there was a chopper... A chopper that would slice fish into ready-made fish sticks. I think it was... I remember the blender, so I'm going to go with a blender that would puree whole fish into a drink. <sighs> okay. What... I can't even read these questions. What sketch was the first recurring one of the show? Mr. Bill, the Samurai, the Bees, the Coneheads. Oh my god, now that's a hard one. I think it's the Bees. No, because I don't think the Bees was something they did very often. Like, I remember they dressed up as Bees for one of the episodes, but I don't remember that reoccurring as much. I think the Samurai... No, the Samurai didn't come till like, the next season. Right? No, the Samurai wasn't the first season. The Coneheads... The first recurring one of the show. The Coneheads came a little later. Ah, uh, the Bees? Mr. Bill came much later also. The Samurai? For me, it's between the Samurai and the Bees. I think what my, my brain is telling me is that the Bees were first? Because I remember, I remember the bees before I remember the samurai. I know what the samurai is. It was John Belushi doing this weird thing where he'd get, like, a katana, and he would, like, just scream and go, hey, and he would just chop up shit, and it, it would be fucking hilarious. I never found it funny, because I guess now I'd, I don't get it, but maybe if I watched it again now that I'm older, I might laugh at it more. I, I don't know. I just never really saw the appeal in that. Um, my instinct is telling me to go with the samurai. The bees, I remember them dressing... If that's what I'm really thinking of, is them dressing up in the bee costumes, I think that was just like a one-time thing and they're throwing me off with that. But I don't remember. I have not watched the first season of SNL since I was like 12 years old, so I really don't remember. That was 12 years ago. I'm 24 now. I don't remember. And I'm surprised I remember as much as I do about this. Alright. Which of the following actors was not one of the original Not Ready for Primetime players, i.e. who was not in the original cast of SNL? Chevy Chase, Bill Murray, Jane Curtin, or Lorraine Newman? That was Bill Murray. Bill Murray did not appear until, I think, the second or third season of Saturday Night Live. Um, Saturday Night Live once held a contest called Anyone Can Host and actually let the winner host the show. No, that did not happen. I don't remember that ever happening. That is a piece of trivia I've never read about, heard about, or can confirm is even true in any way, shape, or form. So if I'm wrong, then I'll concede that, but I just, I don't think that's true. Uh, the two wild and crazy guys, played by Dan Aykroyd and Steve Martin, were also known by what name? They were the Festrunk Brothers. God, I, knew, I was thinking about it too. I'm like, it began with an F, and then I saw the options, and I'm like, there it is. Festrunk Brothers. Okay, um... Lauren Michaels appeared on the April 24th, 1976 show to make an appeal to the Beatles. He showed a certified NBC check made out to them for $3,000 and offered them this money to reunite and play three songs on the show. 
A month later, on the May 22, 1976 show, Lauren appeared again to increase the offer. How much was the check in the second offer? Well, shit, I don't know that one either. I remember him doing this, but I don't remember... I don't even remember it being 3000 in the first check. I believe it because they say it. I just don't remember what he increased the price to. I legitimately don't remember. So I'm going to guess that it was 6000 because the options are 6000 3500 3200 or 4000 And I think my instinct is telling me to go with 6000 Who played the nerds? Todd... Okay, these, these names don't make any sense to me. So I'm not going to know the answer to this because I don't, I don't even know how to pronounce these. Todd DeLamuca and Lisa Lupner? Never heard of those names. I'm going to guess Bill Murray and Gilda Radner because I don't know. That was... I did not watch seasons after the first season very much. Sometimes the host of the show is also the musical guest who was the first host to also perform as one of the musical guests on the show. That would have been... Lily... No, Paul Simon? And that's where it confuses me, because I know Paul Simon showed up a lot, but I don't think he hosted. I think it would be Lily Tomlin. Because she hosted... Chris Christopherson, was he... a host? I know he... I think he was, but was he the first to do both? Well, now I feel like a moron. Because... And the, the last option, by the way, is Desi Arnaz. And I don't remember Desi... I mean, I'm sure Desi Arnaz performed or was on there at one point. Sorry, my shoulder's hurting a little bit. But he... That, that didn't... That's not an option here. That's not even considerable. This is going to sound stupid, but Lily Tomlin wasn't a musician, was she? See, I don't remember. Um, it's either Paul Simon or Chris Christopherson, and I want to say it's Chris Christopherson because I remember his name popping up, and he was both the musical guest and the host. I don't remember Paul Simon ever actually hosting, so I'm going to say Chris Christopherson. One of Gilda Radner's many memorable characters was Emily Latella who would appear on Weekend Update to give editorial commentary about some issue or situation that disturbed her. Every time, she would have to be corrected because she had misunderstood something about the situation. What was her trademark response upon finding out she was wrong? Holy crap. Okay, that one I don't know the answer to either. Um, the options are... Oh, I'm so embarrassed. Silly me, I was wrong. Oh, that's different. Never mind. Or are you sure? I'm going to put, oh, I'm so embarrassed. Probably. Okay. Yeah, that's a character I don't remember. The only Gilda Radner character I really remember was Roseanne, Rosanna Dana. That was it. I don't remember. <laughs> that's the only memorable one to me. Everything else, I know she did other ones, but that's like the one that pops into my mind right now. Oh, I'm so sorry, Gilda. Forgive me. I love you, sweetheart. You are a beautiful goddess. And I love you, but I, I don't remember that character, and I'm so sorry. She's probably rolling in her grave right now. I feel so bad. I don't remember. Has Saturday Night Live ever aired without a host? I th 
you know what? I think so. I think there have been a couple episodes where there was not a set host. There was just a musical guest, and then the show just kind of ran. And this happened in, like, the first few seasons. I want to say, like, within the first, like, 10-15 seasons, there were a few that did that. I think. I'm going to go yes. I think there was. Submit my answers. Okay, let's see how well I did. I got the first question right. When did... What date did Saturday Night Live first air? October 11th, 1975. The first show featured a film by Albert Brooks and had two musical guests, Janice Ian and Billy Preston. Who was the first... Who was the first to... Sh uh, blah, 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 blah. Basically, who was the first to host Saturday Night Live? George Carlin. Uh, Jim Henson's Muppet appeared on the first episode of Saturday Night Live. The answer is true. Oh, shit. The answer was Candace Bergen on who was the first female host. Damn it. See, my instinct was telling me to go with her, but then my, I was like, no, I think Lily Tomlin was the right answer. The four choices were the first four women to host the show, but Candace was one of the first, or was the first one of them to host. Sorry, I read things weird. Uh, she first hosted on November 8th, 1975, the fifth show. She hosted again four shows later on December 20th, 1975. Lily Tomlin was the second female host on the show, November 22nd, 1975. Who was the first host of the Weekend Update segment of the show? That was Chevy Chase. Dan Aykroyd played a prom the promoter of a product called the Super Basomatic 76. What was this product? And I was right, it was the blender that would puree a whole fish into a drink. And their little explanation thing down here is commercial parodies. Whoops, why is it scrolling? Okay. Commercial parodies have been a long-standing element of the show. According to Lauren Michaels, they showed five or six in the first show, uh, quote-unquote. In this one, we learn that Super Basomatic 76 is the tool that lets you use the whole bass with no fish waste and without scaling, cutting, or gutting. Aykroyd puts a fish through the blender, and the next scene shows Lorraine Newman drinking a glass of nasty-looking orange liquid pro pro <laughs> proclaiming, wow, that's terrific bass. Ew. The eel was like the actual last word of that paragraph. <laughs> oh, I should have put the bees. I was right. It was the bees. I should have listened to my gut. When it, with that question, what sketch was the first recurring one of the show? It was the bees. I thought, oh man, I feel so... I was close. I can see why I answered the samurai. I felt like that was the more like intelligent answer. I felt, oh man. But the bee, it was the bees. I knew it. Damn it. Okay, the bees appeared in the first show and appeared eight times in the first ten episodes and 19 times overall. The first bee sketch, Bee Hospital, didn't go over very well. In fact, one of the notes Lauren Michaels got from the network after the first show was don't do the bees again. So of course the bees were back in the next show. The first samurai sketch aired on December 13th, 1975. The first showing of Mr. Bill, or the Mr. Bill show, was on February 28, 1976. The first Coneheads show appeared on January 15, 1977. <sighs> Which of the following actors was not one of the original, not ready for primetime players? That was Bill Murray. Oh! I didn't realize that was true. Saturday Night Live once held a contest called Anyone Can Host and actually let the winner host the show. Apparently that was true and I didn't know this. The winner of the contest was 80-year-old was an 80-year-old woman named Miskel Spillman. She hosted the show December 17th, 1977. 
Now that I didn't know. Man, I can't believe I've never read anything or seen anything about that. That is so odd. Okay. The two wild and crazy guys played by Dan Aykroyd and Steve Martin were also known by what name? The Festrunk Brothers? Okay, this one I got wrong. The answer was $3,200. Okay, uh... That's really not a lot to <laughs> raise the stakes by. Um, Lauren Michaels appeared on the April 24th, 1976 show to make an appeal to the Beatles. The first check was $3,000 that he offered. On the next show, he increased the offer. How much was the second offer? I answered $6,000. The answer was $3,200. And their explanation is, in the first offer, Lauren stated, like I said, this is made out to the Beatles. You divide it up any way you want. If you want to give Ringo less, it's up to you. I'd rather not get involved. When making the second offer, Lauren told them, off the record, this increase comes to an extra $50 for each of you. That's if you split it equally. I'm not. I'm still not sure what your situation with Ringo is. Poor Ringo. And that's actually the last sentence. But I say that too. Poor Ringo. What is wrong with you people? I love Ringo. Ringo's a great drummer. I don't understand why people hate on him so much. Um, okay, who played the nerds? Todd, DeLamuca, and Lisa Lupner, and I guessed right. It was Bill Murray and Gilda Radner. Jane Curtin played Lisa's mother. Todd, also known as Pizza Face, often gave Lisa noogies and teased her mercilessly. Uh, sometimes the host of the show is always a musical guest. Who was the first to host? Wait, who was the first host to also perform as one of the musical guests? Oh, it was Paul Simon! Oh my god! Now I feel really dumb. Because I knew that, but I was not sure. It wasn't Chris Christopherson. I think he was the second then, because I remember Chris Christopherson. Um, okay, so it was Paul Simon. All of these performers both hosted and performed as musical guests on the same show in the first season of Saturday Night Live, but Paul Simon was the first one to do this. It was the second show, which aired October 18th, 1975. He hosted the show and performed three songs solo, Mar Marie, My Little Town, and American Tune, two with Art Garfunkel, The Boxer, and Scarborough Fair, and one with Phoebe Snow and the Jesse Dixon Singers, Gone at Last. Other musical performances on that show were Randy Newman, Sail Away, and Phoebe Snow, No Regrets. There used to be a lot more music performed on the show than there is today. I'll say, I remember that too. Um... Okay, so on that Gilda Radner question where she was Emily Latella and what was her trademark response after finding out she was wrong, the correct answer was, oh, that's different, never mind. And I answered, oh, I'm so embarrassed because I, I just don't remember that character. Has Saturday Night Live ever aired without a host? The answer was yes, and I got that right. So I scored 9 out of 15 points. So, 9 out of 15 would be 60%. So it seems like the best I can do on most of these SNL quizzes is 16%. I mean 1660, 60. Um, so apparently I think I've run up the hour just about. Um, I tried to make this episode a little more Christmassy, but I guess I didn't. So I apologize. The only Christmassy thing about it was my tree back there, and unfortunately I had to disconnect my little light-up Santa Claus to plug in my camera charger, and this outlet contains both my camera charger and the lights to this Christmas tree. But, 
I could continue next week's podcast with more Christmassy stuff. So, let's talk about Christmas in the next one. Let's talk about Christmas songs we love, Christmas songs we hate, Christmas movies we love, Christmas movies we hate. Ask me anything about Christmas. Talk about Christmas. Any questions you want to ask me about it, go ahead and do it. Leave them in the comments below, whatever you want to do. Friends of mine, if you're watching this, you know where to contact me. Tell me what you think and what you want to hear in the next podcast. Um, make it Christmas related. If you want me to shout you out or tell a funny story about Christmas that you would like me to share, I'll do that too. Whatever you guys want, as long as it's Christmas related. Fill me up with Christmas for the next podcast. So, and I might intervene with a little bit of more SNL trivia, maybe other trivia of other shows I've really liked. SNL is only one of them, um, but probably the one show I've had the most knowledge on compared to other shows I've come to love, because there's just so much more to SNL than a lot of other shows I've come to love. Um, so, I guess that concludes this podcast. Thank you guys for watching. I hope you guys liked a little bit of the different thing I tried to do with the SNL trivia. Um, I'm surprised my memory served pretty well, um, but if I was like 15, 16, 17, I probably could have done way better at those quizzes. But um, yeah, I'm an SNL nerd, and I guess I'm still a little bit of one, because I still remember just the tiniest bit. I don't remember as much as I used to, but I'm proud that I still remember some of it. Um, are any of you SNL nerds out there want to try and match my score on those, which I'm sure you can. I'm sure a lot of you older folk that have been watching it since the day it came out will probably smoke me in a contest in which we took those quizzes and had to match our scores. I know there's people out there who could get 100% on those. I don't doubt it one bit, but if any of you would like to take them for yourself and post your results to me, go for it. You know, I'll try to, you know, get better. You know, there's, there's lots of information on it out there. I'll read more and maybe I'll get back into it. Who knows? So anyway, thanks again for watching. I hope you guys are having a happy holiday. Merry Christmas and good night.